Today is Wednesday, October the 19th, 2022, and it's a great day to have a day here on the Spurs Up show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. On today's show, we first start with my full takeaways from Shane Beamer's Tuesday press conference and everything the Gamecocks head coach had to say ahead of this weekend's game against Texas A&M. Also, guys, it is Wednesday. We're talking gambling best bet for Carolina A&M, as well as SEC gambling picks for a packed week eight slate of games. Also, we got my good friend J.D. Pakel of On3 Sports, national college football analyst, as he joins the show to talk all things South kind of football related, as well as help us look ahead to the game this weekend. Guys, we have got a packed show for you here on this Wednesday. And of course, as always, it's brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS at sign up to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Guys, Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. Here's how it works. It's really simple. You pick two to five players, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Prize Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry, guys. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entries. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes, parlay with the over on Spencer Rattler, if you like. You can play any and every sport, including college sports, but they've got MLB, NHL, NBA, NFL, you name it. They have got it. Price Picks also is a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. And they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. Guys, so many fans of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends over at Price Picks. And it's time you do as well. Go down the Price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TSUS at sign up. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. To receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up show sent you. Let's get it.
Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, happy Wednesday, happy hump day. Hope you're all doing well. I'm Chris Phillips, your host of the Spurs Up Show as always, and we have got a packed show for you here on this Wednesday. Very excited to chat with each and every single one of you. And I hope this show does find you. I don't know where you are, what you are doing. Uh, first things first, guys, as you can tell, the fall or winter weather is upon us with the cool air moving in, and it really feels like football season. On that note, let me remind you, because as I sit here in a hoodie right now, it feels like hoodie season is once again upon us. Be sure you head over to TSUS.com store and load up on your winter merchandise today. That includes long sleeves, hoodies, pullovers, beanies, you name it. We got it, guys. We're also adding new designs each and every single day. And of course, we've got all your favorite designs in, like I mentioned, long sleeve, hoodie, pullover, and beanie form. That includes Beamer Ball, Beamer Rattler, Clem Sucks, Ass Kicking Chicken, everything, Shane Storm. If it ain't swaying, we ain't playing everything you can think of. We have got it. So guys, be sure to go check out TSUS.store for all of that. Also, let me very quickly remind you, of course, this weekend, guys, would love to see you out at Seawells. We'll be out there, spot 78, selling merchandise, the Beamer Ball towels. We'll have the koozies. I'll have free koozies and stickers to give away as well. We will be out there 1 o'clock all the way until kickoff. Again, that Seawells, spot 78. We've got full details on social media, but we'd love to see you guys on Saturday afternoon before the Gamecocks take on Texas A&M. Guys, outside of that, again, appreciate you all tuning in. It feels like this week, for whatever reason, is flying by. And, and I love it because I'm so ready for kickoff, so ready for the game on Saturday. But it's like, man, it's already Wednesday. But uh, either way, here we are and really appreciate you guys tuning in. I want to say again, thank you all so much for the continued love and support. This has been an incredible week in regards to adding new business partners and locking in new sponsors. And you guys will hear a new ad read on this show and moving forward with our friends Carolina Cigars. Very excited to add them. Smoke them if you got them. Also, of course, we locked down Rebel Rabbit, who is now sponsoring, officially sponsoring our segment with Steven Garcia every Monday on the Daily Crow. So a lot of exciting things happening, a lot of really cool stuff. And guys, it's all uh, all you guys to thank for it, man. Your love, your support. Without it, uh, obviously, TSUS would not be what it is and what it's becoming. So again, thank you all so much, man. I really appreciate it. With that being said, let's go ahead and dive into it. Shane Beamer's Tuesday press conference is where we will start and nothing really crazy from Coach Beamer in regards to talking about Texas A&M, as you would expect. Uh, he was very complimentary. The team had a positive bye week, worked on themselves, took some time off, and now they are back after it. The one player, notably, that will be out this weekend is Corey Rucker, the wide receiver. Shane Beamer confirmed that. And, guys, I can tell you this because I know many of you tuned in have got questions in regards to Corey Rucker. What's his status? Is he looking to transfer because he said this and that on social media? Guys, I don't know, and I'm not going to make any assumptions on what his status is or what he's doing or where he's going to be. All I know is what Shane Beamer said and that he will be out this weekend. Obviously, the other big news in the press conference, R.J. Roderick, Shane Beamer confirming that Roderick is no longer with the Gamecocks football team. And then our good friend Brad Crawford of 24-7 Sports tweeting out that R.J. Roderick has officially 
enter the transfer portal. And, and it's a damn shame. I will say that. It's a damn shame. I, I know this is a guy, his play was very highly critiqued. Of course, a must champ guy. I mean, I remember God all the way back in 2018 when R.J. Rogic came on as a true freshman and and uh, the type of impact he made. But, you know, when you have a true freshman and Nick Emanwari beat you out and take your reps and beat you out for a spot and you've got Devonnie Reed at the other safety position, uh, I think the writing was just simply on the wall for R.J. Roger, a guy that also uh, battled injuries this season, wasn't seeing the whole field a lot. So I think he'll transfer and have one more year to play. But uh, I, I would just say this, guys, you wish him the best of luck. I, I'm not one of these people that the guys hit the portal and, and you, you're slandering their name because they left. I see it a lot on social media. Uh, just wish him well. Keep it moving. All we got is all we need. Uh, but R.J. Roderick, a guy that played a lot of football at South Carolina, he is officially on his way out. And I just wonder, I wonder where Roderick will land. I truly am curious and interested to see where R.J. Roderick is going to go, but he has officially entered the portal. Uh, and depth, I will say depth at the safety position takes a hit. You know, you already weren't weren't extremely deep there in regards to experienced bodies, so now it really does all fall on Nick Emanwari now to be that guy for you at the safety position. Outside of that, guys, like I said, uh, nothing really crazy coming from Shane Beamer. I think it was pretty much status quo, uh, and we're all really excited for Saturday's game against Texas A&M. That being said, let's go ahead and dive into everything on the gambling side of things. Of course, it's Wednesday. We're talking best bet for Carolina A&M as well as SEC gambling picks. So we'll go ahead and start with the best bet, guys, and our best bet right now sits at Three and two on the season, really four and two if you count the South Carolina State game. Uh, but we did not have an official play for that one. So I'm saying three and two. We took Gamecocks in the last game plus 10 and a half. That one hit with ease in Kentucky. And now you look at the spread in this one. South Carolina opened as a four and a half or four point underdog, depending on which book you looked at. They now sit at plus three and a half. And the total has kind of fluctuated as well. Total open at 46. That now sits at over under 44 and a half. So Vegas expecting a lower scoring game. They're expecting a close game. And when you take a look at this one, you know what's so interesting? I mean, Texas A&M, as we all know, guys, has dominated the Gamecocks. They've won these games. They've won all eight matchups. And they've won them by an average of 19 points per game, including blowouts in each of the last three matchups. This year, though, I think is a bit different. You look at these two teams, and while Texas A&M is more talented on paper, I do feel like it is a very evenly matched game. However, I I'm not really comfortable in going one side or the other on the spread. I'm staying away from that. And again, I'm not spoiling any sort of prediction for Friday because, guys, I really just do not know at this point. This game, in my opinion, is a toss-up. It's a coin flip. You get Texas A&M, obviously, on your home field in front of a raucous crowd at williams Bryce Stadium. You should feel good about your odds in winning, but then on the flip side, you look at Texas A&M, and you are battling negative history, right? You're battling that 0-8 streak. You're battling the fact that you've never beaten Texas A&M. The total is what I look at in this game, right? Over under 44 and a half. And guys, I feel like the only way, you know, sometimes in games like this, you can look at the total and it's a total that sort of baits you and, and there's just weird things that happen and there's an explosion of points, right? We've seen that a couple of times over the years with South Carolina. 
I don't see that being the case in this ball game. I, I, you know, you saw the total start at 46. It's dropped to 44 and a half. I don't think that's low enough. When you look at these two offenses, uh, the Gamecocks rank 12th in total offense in the SEC. Texas A&M ranks 14th. You also look at an A&M defense that's giving up just 18 points per game in South Carolina while giving up 25 points per game. I think they will play well against this Texas A&M attack as well. Also, you look at two teams that want to run the football. They want to run it early. They want to run it often. I think that's what you're going to see from both sides. I don't think you're going to see a ton of explosive plays. I, I tell you what, whatever the first half under is, that's what you need to take in this ballgame because both of these teams struggle to come out of the gate. So I love the under 44 and a half. Lock me in my best bet. South Carolina, Texas A&M under 44 and a half. I think that's the play. Until I see something different from both of these teams offensively, I think that's what you got to side with. So again, under 44 and a half, my best bet for Gamecocks and Texas A&M. Let's move into SEC gambling picks for a really exciting week eight slate. We will start, guys, in Columbia, Missouri, as the Missouri Tigers take on the Vanderbilt Commodores. Mizzou is a 13-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. And I died last week on the Vanderbilt side of things, took them plus 38-and-a-half against the Georgia Bulldogs. That might be the last time I bet on Vandy all season long. Mizzou isn't very good, but they're at home and they're better than Vandy. I think Vandy, unfortunately, guys, for those who are fans of Clark Lee and the Doors, I think Vandy's turned back, turned back into the Vandy of old. I think Mizzou wins this one running away. They will cover the 13 and a half. Give me Tigers minus the number. LSU hosting the Ole Miss Rebels. LSU a one and a half point favorite over the seventh-ranked Rebels. And again, when you hear a number like that, guys, right, when you hear a number like that and you look at it and you say that just absolutely makes no sense, it's because Vegas knows something. Ole Miss, extremely overrated. I think LSU at home, I think they do get the W. There's a reason they're favored. Don't doubt Vegas. Give me the Tigers in Death Valley, minus one and a half. Uh, we then move to Tennessee and Tennessee Martin. No line on this one. Hammer the balls, of course. They're going to win this one straight up. And then our final game, Alabama and Mississippi State in Tuscaloosa. Bama trying to bounce back from that tough loss to Tennessee. The Crimson Tide are a 21-and-a-half-point favorite. I actually like Mississippi State, guys, to cover the number. I'm betting against Bama for the second straight Week, but I tell you what, Bama's got real issues in the secondary. They're going to win this ball game. I expect Bama to win, but I like Mike Leach up against Alabama. I, I, I think Mississippi State is able to expose that Bama secondary a little bit. I think Bama's still reeling from that loss to Tennessee. They'll get the win, but State keeps it closer than 21 and a half. Give me the Bulldogs to cover that number in T-Town. So again, guys, that's my full SEC gambling picks. As you can tell, a couple of teams are off on by this weekend but still a very exciting slate of games. I would say highlighted by the Gamecocks home matchup against Texas A&M. So guys, I would love to hear from you. Also, by the way, I forgot to mention this. Of course, we are 36 and 33 on our SEC gambling pick. So sitting in a nice spot, but I would love an undefeated. We really haven't had like that breakthrough weekend. I think this weekend might be the weekend, guys. I think this weekend could be the weekend, so just stay tuned. Um, anyways, guys, those are my SEC gambling picks. That's my best bet. We'd love to hear from you guys. What are your thoughts on the Gamecocks game this weekend against A&M? And, of course, all of our SEC gambling picks would love to hear 
from you all. Guys, don't go anywhere. we got a great conversation upcoming with J.D. Pakel of On3 Sports, and it's brought to you by our friends over at Carolina Cigars. Guys, very excited to welcome on Carolina Cigars as our newest sponsor. They've been in operation since 2008, recently taken over by the Peterson family in 2020. Now, whether you're new to the cigar scene or you've been enjoying cigars your entire life, Carolina Cigars has the expertise and knowledge to make your visit to their shop enjoyable. Stop by for a fine cigar and experience their classic cigar lounge where people come together, share conversations, and become friends. So guys, if you're into cigars and you're on Hilton Head Island, which is where they're located, by the way, one of my favorite places in this entire world, you really do need to come by and visit them. And guys, they offer same-day shipping nationwide, so you can order online and get it shipped directly to you. They've also got free delivery island-wide for weddings and all special occasions. They're also proud to offer premium cigars at nine outside humidor locations around Hilton Head Island, and they offer special events throughout the year. Guys, Carolina Cigars wants to talk to you. They want to engage. They want to share with you their cigar selection that they're very proud of and their beautiful lounge. So when you're in the low country, there's only one place for cigars, and there's only one place I get my cigars. That's Carolina Cigars, Hilton Head Island's premier cigar merchant. Come and share your passion. It's all there at Carolina Cigars. Guys, you can find them on Instagram at at Carolina underscore cigars. Again, that's at Carolina underscore cigars, or give them a call today at 843-681-8600. That's 843-681-8600. Don't forget, guys, smoke them if you got them, and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Appreciate you guys tuning in, guys. Thank you all so much. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday and enjoy this conversation with J.D. Pakel of On3 Sports. All right, guys, joining us on the Spurs Up show. Very excited to talk some Gamecocks football. A huge week as South Carolina gets set to host the Texas A&M Aggies to begin the second half of this season. And who better to help us break down the first half of the season and beginning of the second half and just everything going on with South Carolina football, then J.D. Pakel of On3 Sports. He's a national college football analyst and somebody who I followed from afar, and he's talked a lot of Gamecocks, but excited to get him here on our airwaves for the very first time. J.D., appreciate you taking the time, man. What's going on? Brother, I'm fired up. I'm fired up to finally be on the show with you. I mean, similar to you, I've watched your content from afar and tracking all the stuff that y'all have been doing and all the phenomenal content you've produced. And so this is a blast to be on here with you, but um, I'm doing great. Excited to talk some Gamecocks with you, my guy. And Absolutely. And J.D., I, I'm sure, obviously, from seeing the content, you can understand. You know, I, I love getting the I, – I look forward to the conversations with national folks like yourself where it's not – you don't have any sort of slanted view. You're just seeing things from your perspective. So let's talk the first half of this season because I dropped – you know, I, I love doing these report cards right on my show, mid-season report cards, postseason, kind of just grading. And it's so much fun because the beauties and the banter, as I like to say on my airwaves, and there's so much room for discussion and debate when you're talking grades. When I look at South Carolina in the first half, you sit four and two right now as we speak, one and two in SEC play. It hasn't been quite as flashy as I think many folks wanted to be. And of course, I'm specifically talking the offense and Spencer Rattler, which we'll dive into more in just a second. But all in all, I'm I'm pretty damn happy 
four and two, one and two at the break, right where I picked the Gamecocks to be. And I think you're on track to have a very successful year two under Shane Beamer. But again, it hasn't always been sexy at times. So how do you look at this South kind of football team and just where they sit currently right now? And how do you evaluate them in the first half of this season? I think you said it perfectly. You're right where I think you need to be in order to get to where you want to be the rest of the season. And I don't know about you, that first three-game stretch they had for a guy like Spencer Rattler, who's at a new program and has had you know, issues elsewhere, but like there were still a lot of things that were very clearly developing their legs. And so to develop your legs against Georgia State, it was a good football program. I mean, Georgia State, that was kind of their get-right game where it was supposed to be, and Georgia State's a good football team. Then you got Arkansas, you got Georgia. So there was no real ramp up. Like it was like, hey, Spencer Rattler, here's the keys. Oh, by the way, you got some of the big dogs in the SEC. Go ahead and get comfortable that way. So I think being able to get the Kentucky win was crucial, kind of to course correct after those two true get right games they had prior to that and be able to kind of hit the, 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 I don't know what the right word would be, reset maybe to a degree for the rest of their season because. I mean, I don't think it was by any stretch of the imagination ideal having those first three games scheduled the way that they were. But like I said, they showed me a lot against Kentucky. And I think they also showed how good they can be when they have things around Spencer Rattler working in harmony. So I think as a whole, as a Gamecock fan, I got to feel a little bit encouraged sitting where I am with the guys that we got left on the schedule. J.D., switching gears a little bit, let's talk a little bit about Shane Beamer, uh, obviously the head coach of the Gamecocks, and he was hired December of 2020 when this program was was really in disarray. And everybody you talk to, obviously looking at last year, they overachieved, right? Getting to a bowl game just alone was a was a massive achievement, what they were left over and the, the revolving door at quarterback and the roster deficiencies, and then going and winning the bowl game, really kind of a dream season in year one. Um, j- just talk about Shane Beamer a little bit, your thoughts on him as South Carolina's head coach, and just the overall fit for him in Columbia. Dude, how cool is he? Like, I'm sure you get, I mean, you get to follow him so closely yeah. and get to be more intimate with, you know, the actual coverage of him on a week to week basis. I'm sitting back here seeing things on Twitter and just the way that he carries himself. It's so genuine. It's so high energy. It comes across so joyful. Like he's a guy that if I'm sitting here today and I have any eligibility at all. I'm committing to South Carolina. Like, just the guy that I think you would want to play for if you have the chance to go to play at that level of college football. And so I'm super excited to see where he takes this program going forward. Said it perfectly. Last year, deck was stacked against them. Like, no other way to say it. They didn't have the things on the field to be able to have the season that they did have. And so they overcame that with belief, with all the cliches you want to throw out there. They're cliches for a reason because they're real. And Shane Beamer has those in spades. So once he's able to get more of his guys into the program and, um, you know, be able to stack those classes, I think they're going to have a chance to be really consistent for years to come in South Carolina. I think Shane Beamer is a guy we're going to see there for a really long time, much like his dad was there at Virginia Tech. I mean, the Soldier Boy video over the summer was golden, and then he, and then he does even more. He ones up with the, the post game at Kentucky, pulling the shades out. I mean, you got to love that. It was, I mean, he like cool. It it feels like a funny word to put to that because like, there's like a dorky sense to it, but I'm like, dude, I would go to war with that guy any day of the week, twice on Saturdays. Like, and and I think I talked to somebody else prior to that game. I forget who it was, but they were just talking about how I forget it was a Kentucky side or a South Carolina side, but basically just saying like, Hey, this doesn't have, you know, the, the flash, maybe some of these other rivalries do, but like, don't get it twisted. Everything that Stoops was talking Prior to this game, we didn't forget about that. And so for Shane Beamer to then parlay that into the post game, like 
just the epitome of cool. He's got the juice. I absolutely love Shane Beamer. It was so peak college football, and it's like it's one of the reasons, one of the many that we love this sport. I mean, really, truly, you just don't get that at any other level. Let's move, uh, J.D., back onto the field and the offense. Spencer Rattler, the topic of conversation, and I know you've made a lot of content around him. Many folks have, right, because when you talk this Gamecocks offense, that's where you have to start, and South Carolina made the splash of the transfer portal by adding him. Uh, The numbers have left some things to be desired at the halfway point, at least five touchdowns, Eight interceptions, not all his fault, obviously. I mean, just look at the the South Carolina State game if you want proof of that. Your overall thoughts on him halfway through. Like you mentioned, he's not really getting a grace period, though, right? Because he's this high-profile guy, was once thought of as a Heisman Trophy favorite and potential number one overall draft pick. You're not going to get a lot of of love from folks or a lot of patience from folks, I should say. And, of course, it's the most highly scrutinized position in sport, for a reason. So you're just overall thoughts on his play and what you think he needs to do to, uh, to, to improve, I guess, in the second half. And to add to that thought, by the way, playing in the toughest conference in all of college football. So like you said, no great period. I think just us as fans, like we think of players and teams and snapshots and Spencer Rattler had that snapshot, like you said, of being the first quarterback off the board, being that five-star guy, being a first round guy, has been trophy guy. And so I love the fact that he's with a guy that he knows in Shane Beamer. And to this point in the year, uh, I, I think he's done well. There's obviously some decision-making issues that I think you could probably take a closer look at and probably get into the film room and break that down to the nth degree of whose fault is it really. Obviously, is the quarterback going to take the brunt of it? I just think we got to see what he's capable of in that Kentucky game. Like, they protected him relatively well. But even more than that, they had the run game work. Like, early in the season against the Georgias, against the Arkansas. Like, there was no counterpunch. It was, Spencer Adler, you got to go win the game for us. And Shane Beamer said as much at SEC Media today, hey, that's what we don't want to do. He doesn't got to go be Superman for us to win games. And so the closer they can get to that formula, I think the more you're going to see Spencer Rattler shine. Because, I mean, Gamecock fans know this probably better than anybody. It's never been a matter of ability for him. It's never going to be a thing of, can he make the throw? Can he physically do all that's asked of him? It's, okay, well, how much do you have around him to make that process easier and so Marcus Satterfield I think a guy that has done well adjusting especially in that Kentucky game which I keep going back to uh, I'm fired up to see what they do against Texas A&M because a program in in some way similar to to South Carolina that they're kind of at a I don't know fork in the road is so much the right word but they're both at kind of a a decision point in their season where I think South Carolina is kind of trending upwards and and A&M's got their own problems in house but in terms of Spencer Rattler to this point I think you give them a B, B plus with, you know, a really high ceiling the rest of the way if they can get it together around him offensively and run the ball effectively. Yeah, J.D., you mentioned that, that A&M game. Let's dive into that because obviously we're talking the week of a pivotal ball game for both sides and both teams uniquely enough coming off their own bye weeks. Uh, time to figure things out, rest up, get ready for this one. But, you know, before the season, J.D., you know, obviously all the content that I create, I, I like to label the games in certain ways. So I looked at – I looked at that week two game at Arkansas as the biggest swing game. I looked at Kentucky as like the inflection point game. And I looked at Mizzou as the must win of the year. Like you got to win this one, have any semblance of a successful season. I I don't know exactly what box A&M fits in, right? I I don't know that I could put it in a box, but this is a big game for South Carolina. I I mean, especially when you factor in the fact, and I think if you maybe had beaten Texas A&M before in your history, Maybe I'm not viewing it quite in that light or in the same light, but when you factor in, it's a team you never beat. And they're as gettable as they've been since they joined the league. 
and you've got them at home under the lights with the roster you have, this is a big opportunity for South Carolina. Man, I think it's one of those where, you know, I think people are still probably kind of looking at South Carolina. And again, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like, are you a contender? Are you a pretender? Like kind of mm-hmm. what are you? This is your chance if you're the Gamecocks to kick the door down and let everybody know, hey, A&M may not be all that great, but we're here and we're a real threat going out the rest of the way. I think if you wanted to put it in a box, the first thought that comes to my mind is, in some sense, maybe it's kind of a heat check. Like, looks really impressive against Kentucky, a team that was a 10-point favorite against you, and you went into Kroger Field with that sold-out environment, took care of business, handed them an L. I think it could be a similar feel with this game against Texas A&M where you probably have, and I don't know what, I don't pretend to exactly know the, the feel inside that locker room, but I would imagine you validate a lot of things that you already think about yourself with the, the proof of concept with beating a team like Texas A&M. Because like you said, not necessarily at the top of their game, but just being able to sell that from a branding perspective, the brand of A&M and the way that would look optically could do a lot for confidence the rest of the way, could do a lot for recruiting. Like you could take that with you, package it up and sell it to a lot of high school kids that want to come play at South Carolina. So I think in some sense, it's, it's a validation and a heat check kind of game for the Gamecocks. And it really does all start with me up front with what they do offensively. If they can run the ball with Marshawn Lloyd and they can get something going there and allow Spencer Rattler to have some pressure off of him. I mean, like you said, extremely, extremely gettable game. I think probably more gettable game on a national landscape that people maybe didn't perceive before the year. And uh, I'm excited to watch this one, man. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I love so much what Shane Beamer's building there. And this would be a phenomenal point to kind of put, put an exclamation mark next to what they're doing to this point. Yeah, and I think Clayton White and that defense for South Carolina should have a great opportunity to have a positive performance as well because you look at Texas A&M, we're hearing a lot of rumors, and I don't know if it's official yet, but, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire, and we're hearing a lot of smoke. They're going to be on QB3. Haynes King can't go. So give us an idea, by the way. I don't know how much Texas A&M ball you've watched, but obviously from the national side of things, I'm sure you've kept up to them to some degree. You know, they play Alabama really tight. I mean, they've obviously got talent. What's your overall feel on Texas A&M, strengths, weaknesses, what have you coming into this ballgame? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you said it perfectly. They, they got some guys, right? I think losing Anaya Smith for them was catastrophic because now you're leaning so much on super talented young wide receiver Evan Stewart to do a lot more for you than I think maybe you'd like him to at this point in his career. But, I mean, it, it all starts and stops with them with Devon A. Chain. If he can run the football, they can operate their offense. Uh, I have been very outspoken about not being a super big Haynes King believer. Freakish athlete does a lot for you from a potential standpoint, but just like running the offense, probably not the guy that you feel greatest about if you're a Texas A&M fan. But yeah, I mean, I think you look at the defense, just tons of talent. Like there's guys with a lot of stars next to the name all over. Uh, I'm curious to see how South Carolina does getting after, whether it's Haynes King, whether it's Connor Wegman, they can pressure that quarterback. This thing could get interesting early. So um in regards to what South Carolina fans can expect, watch number six, Devon A. Chain, when they got the ball because he's going to be a dude that they try to do a lot of things through offensively. Now, J.D., this is a this is a question that I like to ask, especially, again, folks on the national side of things. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, don't have sort of the slanted view when it comes to expectations for the South kind of football program because we sit here in this Monday after the bye week, right, in a very unique spot because, you know, I, I've talked about on my airwaves that I think – one of the things that makes the South Carolina job even tougher than it already is, is seeing the success that your biggest rivals are having, right? Clemson, 
unprecedented success, the greatest in their school's history. Georgia, I'm just an incredible success. They're an elite. Now you look at Tennessee. I got Gamecock fans that are just, call it for what it is, they're downright flustered because of what's happening in Knoxville, especially when you factor in that Josh Heupel and Shane Beamer were hired at the same time. But I want to ask you this, because I I think Gamecocks football is in a good spot. I think the morale should actually probably be a little bit higher than it is, and certainly a win over A&M winning cures all, right? That that will fix that in a heartbeat. But, uh, you know, I think the Gamecocks are on pace for a solid seven. If you can get to eight wins, my goodness, that would be an incredible year, too, whether that's with a bowl win or not. Just talk about your thoughts on realistic year-in, year-out expectations for Gamecocks football because I'm going to give you a dad joke. I give you permission to steal, J.D. College football fans are like bad doctors. They don't have any patience. You and I both know that. So when you look at South Carolina, though, it's a very unique job. You can't – I just – right now at least, you can't go into it with, well, we need to get to Georgia's level, Alabama's level. Literally everybody's saying that. Everybody's saying that. Mm -hmm. Tennessee's saying that. Everybody is saying that realistic year-in, year-out expectations for South Carolina that you think would spell a success for Shane Beamer over the long haul? Because I think that's the key word. The long haul, it's important for him to build something where you have some longevity and really have some consistency because this Gamecocks football program has so sorely lacked that over the years. Yeah, I mean, one, I'm absolutely reloading that joke. So I appreciate you can take that, put it in my pocket. Absolutely, absolutely. Get it with me wherever I'm going next. Uh, in regards to his expectations, I feel like that eight-win range is a really fair place to expect to live. Now, again, that's sort of the living room, right? I mean, you can go on the roof and be a 10-win program, I think, any given year once you get that Shane Beamer program established. Because I think the the concerns or maybe the, the frustrations are fair to a degree when you're looking at your neighbor and saying, well, they got Josh Heupel same time as us. Well, they also got head and hooker via the portal. So it wasn't like Josh Heupel went out, took it from the high school level, developed him, made him what he is today. Like they've had some things kind of break their way. And to the same token, you're building in the toughest division, or excuse me, the toughest conference rather, in all of college football. Like you're not going to the Big Ten West and trying to get a program established. Mm -hmm. It's in the SEC. Like, you know, one surface you're building on with bricks, the other you're building on trying to take bricks from your guy next door and build, put it on sand. Like there's a lot of things that are just sort of processing and formulating. And if there's any encouragement for South Carolina fans, I would ask the question, do do you think you got the right guy at head coach? Because I would imagine majority of college football fans, especially Gamecock fans, would say, heck yeah, that's a home run. Like Shane Beamer, there's not a lot of Shane Beamers just walking around right now. And so when you have the right guy at the head coach spots, I think the whole organism, the whole organization, just takes some time to process underneath. Like I think we're seeing that LSU too in a different way. Like Brian Kelly's there and they just got to let things run. Like anytime you get something fixed, you know, whether it's pipes, whether it's a computer, they always tell you, okay, turn it off, turn it back on, should be fixed. Just let it run for a little bit longer. Get all the bad out, the good in, we'll be good to go. I think that's what's happening at South Carolina. So eight-ish wins year over year, I think will very soon be the place they live. But do not put it past South Carolina, especially when they get a quarterback in, because they will get one here in the near future. When they get the guy that's going to be the game breaker for them, they're going to have a chance to have a similar season that Tennessee's having this year. So I'm excited for that to happen. And uh, the Shane Beamer content will be just breaking the internet when that time and when that day does come in the SEC. Beamer ball to the moon, as we like to say. J.D., I want to ask you this, too, from the national side of things. What, what, how do you feel about the state of college football and just the buyouts are insane? The contracts are extravagant. 
But, dude, coaches, I mean, it is win now or get the hell out of town. You're not getting six to seven years to, to build a program anymore. It's like if you're not rolling by year three, they're done with you. It's crazy. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. <laughs> and I think – and it's unfortunate. Maybe it's our society. Maybe it's yeah. just the, the instant gratification we need. I would also say this. I think the transfer portal – has ramped up expectations even more because now it's not so much, hey, recruit a high school kid, right. develop Johnny. When Johnny's a junior, well, he's going to be a baller and we're going to be good to go. It's like, well, you see what USC did? They just overhauled all their guys and got them in and they're going to have probably a 9-10 win season this year, if not more than that. And so I think the comparison aspect has poisoned the water a little bit. Now, I will say this, I think different – organizations can afford to have different expectations depending on where they were previously. Like USC, the guys that they got in the portal, the proven commodities that they have there in Lincoln Riley's track record. And also just quite frankly, being in the PAC 12, like it's fair to expect that being in the SEC, you're going toe to toe with all the big boys for all the best players in the country. Also in the portal, like th there's an element of just like context is everything. Right. And so um, am I happy with the state of college football right now? Yes and no, because we've seen guys also have phenomenal, you know, year one, year two success. And, and so it just it really is just all context. But as a whole, yeah, the, we are uh, we're, we're playing with fire in terms of expectations. And unfortunately, I don't know if we see that changing anytime soon with just player mobility and the way this whole thing is operating. But mm. we'll see. J.D., last thing before I get you out of here, just overall SEC outlook. Obviously, we're talking on Monday after one of the craziest weekends in college football in recent memory I mean definitely I think it's safe to say this is going to be the best weekend and if it's not my goodness we're in for a treat but uh Tennessee takes down Alabama I'm no fan of Tennessee obviously but I do like the chaos I, I do I do I think it's good for the sport I think parody's great I think seeing a lot of upsets in close games and and uh, you know before the season I feel like it was pretty standard Georgia Alabama Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC title all of a sudden man the SEC is is I'm not going to say wide open, but at the top, man, there might be a shakeup. What, what, what are your overall thoughts on this conference playing out the rest? And then don't forget about the Ole Miss Rebels. What about it? It might be Tennessee Ole Miss in Atlanta, man. It's crazy. It is, it's bizarre. It is so bizarre because, like you said, it was just so clean cut and neat for us before the year <laughs> right. pool. I mean, I was I was yeah. contributed to it. I've been tweeting, man, can't wait for Alabama Georgia. And it's like I mean, week two after we yeah. see Georgia just take Oregon to the woodshed. Um, in terms of the whole Tennessee – variable that's what I'm really curious to see how that plays out because you could see a scenario where if Georgia beats Tennessee and this is again assuming that all parties kind of take care of business outside of these games Georgia beats Tennessee and then you have Alabama run the table the rest of the way find Georgia SEC title game Alabama beats Georgia well you got three one loss SEC teams I have a hard time believing you put all three of those cats in the playoff but at the same time you're looking around and saying who has a better resume than Tennessee with how many top 25 wins they have you're going to leave Georgia out in second place in the SEC with one loss. They just beat, you know, or they, or they just lost to Bama, and that's what you're going to knock them for. So, like, I mean, it, I, I do not envy the committee at this point in time, but I will say I think the, the rest of the way, there's going to be some sneaky games, too, for some of these teams. Like, mm -hmm. Alabama's got to play Mississippi State this week. I don't think that's a gimme with the issues we've seen in the Alabama secondary. Uh, you, you've seen issues when it comes to Tennessee being able to play consistent on the back end. They got to play Will Levis and company pretty soon in Kentucky. So, I mean, th there's a whole lot to unpack about it, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's one of these other sneaky games that ends up changing the entire course of the rest of the SEC. But it's a lot of fun. I'm excited to sit back and watch the, the madness unfold. 
JD, I was going to say, don't forget, November the 19th, mark your calendar. The volunteers come to Columbia. You never know. One. You never know. Beamer ball, baby. Beamer <laughs> ball. I'm here hey, for it. Hey, blocked punt or two could change the outlook of the college football playoff, my friend. You never know. You never know. I'm ready for it. I'm here for it. Yes, yes. JD Pickell of On3 Sports. He's a national college football analyst and does one hell of a job. JD, let folks know where they can find your work, obviously on social media, but I think I saw in your bio as well, you have daily video content. You're all over YouTube. Just let people know where they can tune in. Yeah, man, I appreciate that. So we do daily content on the On3 YouTube channel. Go and check us out there. Subscribe. We do college football every single day. I have live shows on Tuesday, Thursday. Then follow me on Twitter and Instagram at JD Piquel, but I'm, I'm fired up to be on this program with you right now, and I'm excited to hopefully do it again in the future and cross-collaborate, but I mean, this is an absolute blast, man. I love what y'all do here. So thanks for having me on. J.D., I appreciate you. We'll definitely do it again soon. He's J.D. Pakel of On3 Sports. I'm Chris Phillips of the Spurs Up Show. We appreciate you guys tuning in, and we'll catch you next time on another episode of the Spurs Up Show. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.